This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 31 in verse six, in the message translation, it reads this way. Be strong, take courage, don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Woo! That's good news. Psalm number 56. Psalm number 56. Of course, we know the book of Psalms is a song book. And it is not written in chapter and verse, but in number and stanza. So Psalm number 56. And I'll begin reading stanzas three and four from the message translation. It reads this way. When I get really afraid, I come to you and trust. I'm proud to praise God. Fearless now. I trust in God. What can mere mortals do unto me? Woo, glory to God in the highest. We're going to dive into our lesson today, and I don't have any time to review today, so I want to encourage you to go back in the previous um, Facebook post the Facebook services that we've had to catch up if this is your first time with us or maybe you missed a couple of services or something like that. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those messages so that we can all be on the same page. I've got so much goodie. I don't have time to do much review today. And if you're not already subscribed to our podcast, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. That means you can take me wherever you go. You can take me to the gym with you. You can take me wherever you go and you can get the word of faith. So last week, we began talking about our last service on Thursday. We began to talk about taunted yet trusting, taunted yet trusting. So we're just going to pick up there and we're going to continue on and we'll get some goodie out of it today. Of course, I'm in a series, so I hope I get to get finished today because I already know what I want to preach on Thursday. So pray for me that I'm not a long-winded preacher today so that I get to expose the spirit of fear. Last week, we began talking about David and Goliath, David and Goliath. We even see a go, Goliath, David and Goliath. We picked it up in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we remember that David was chosen to be anointed as king in the midst of all of the seven brothers. David was anointed in the, in the midst of his seven brothers and the prophet Samuel poured the oil on his head and we learned that the anointing flows from the head to the beard to the skirt. That's according to Psalm 133. So the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. The spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. And I think that the spirit of fear came upon his brothers in fear, reority from that day forward. But we know that 
even though he was anointed in front of all of those people, he defied the eyes. He wasn't the one that you thought it would be, but God always chooses the misfits and the ones that don't look like they have nothing going on. But God always chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. Are you listening to me? So we know that even though he was anointed as king, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen immediately. It said the spirit of the Lord came upon him immediately, but the manifestation in the natural had not come. I want you to take your courage back. Don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, you will reap if you faint not. So we know that even though he was anointed as king in the presence of all of those people and the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he went right on back to work. He went right on back to work. He went right back to tending his father's sheep. I can imagine him worshiping the Lord. This is what the Lord, I'm taking a really quick side journey today. I'm binding up grief today. I'm binding up sadness today. Today is a day of honor. Today is not the day to be sad. Yes, we've had loved ones to go on to be with the Lord, but we honor their memory by living the best life we possibly can, giving God glory, honor, and praise. So I'm talking to you today. Dry those tears up. Dry them up right now, and let's give God praise. So in the middle of David being anointed, he went right back to work with his father's sheep. And I just can imagine he was out there worshiping. Come on, worship is our weapon of praise. This is how we fight our battles, with our hands up in worship. So he was tending the sheep and he was worshiping without restraint, child of God. I know we've been praying a lot in this season, but I want to encourage you to don't just pray. I want to encourage you to praise. When is the last time that you praised God until tears were streaming down your face till there was a knot in your throat till you fell out in the floor, fell on top of your face, bowed down, put your head to the floor, prostrate before God's presence. I'm trying to tell you, this is how we win in our warfare is by prayer and praising the Lord. I believe he was out there praising the Lord without restraint, playing his heart, playing his instrument because the, he was a skillful skillful musician according to the word of God and he was summoned to go work for the king the king had some um bipolar disorder some up and down he was manic depressive so he needed soothing melodious worship to calm him down to get him back in the right frame of mind so that was first Samuel chapter 16 when we went over to first Samuel chapter 17 we found that David was working three jobs Listen, he was anointed king. <laughs> he was anointed king all, all over his head, all in his ears, up his nose, all on his beard, from the head to the beard to the skirt. And it didn't happen overnight. He had to work three jobs. Number one, he was tending his father's sheep. Number two, he was playing music. He was a special musician for King Saul. And number three, he picked up the job on DoorDash. Now he was taking groceries to his brothers at war against the Philistines. Are you listening to me? Remember, David saw firsthand when he went to take the cheese and crackers to the brothers. He saw firsthand this big old giant taunting, the taunting of the giant. He saw firsthand the terror of the king and all the army. Yet he trusted in his God. 
He saw the taunting of the giant. He saw the terror of the king and all the king's men. Yet he trusted in God. David was bold enough to say, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? We got a promise. We got a word. We got a reason. We got a God. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine? We know the story. He volunteered to fight the giant. And remember when he went to fight the giant, they told Saul about it. And he went to Saul and Saul tried to put his armor on him and all of this, that, and the other. And, and David said, I'm not used to this. Let me just go with what I know. I've, I've fought lions and bears and I prevailed over. I'm going to use the same weapons and I'm going to prevail over this uncircumcised Philistine. So remember when Saul prayed over David, when he went to fight, he told him, may the Lord be with you. Yes and amen. May the Lord be with you. And God was. God went with him and God went before him. He had angels in the outfield. And he put that when he when he saw the giant, the giant was running to him. He was running to the giant. We know he either took a baseball size um, stone or maybe a shot put size stone and he hurled it. And he pushed it so deep into Goliath's forehead that it penetrated a 30-pound helmet that was on his head. And it sank into his head and he fell down to the earth, defeated. We know that David took the sword of the giant. He took the giant's neck off. He took off the intimidating bully. He took off the spirit of fear. And I believe the giant fell on his armor bearer. I believe he just fell on top of him and crushed him. So we're coming against the spirit of fear and the spirit of infirmity. And in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by his blood, we're taking the head off. And we got a trophy in the name of Jesus Christ. We got a testimony about 2020. 2020 was the year like no other. We stood strong. We kept the faith. We had a promise. We had a word. We have a reason. And we got a God. Come on, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. So chapter, we went from chapter 16, 17, chapter 18. Now King Saul took David off of his jobs. He Remember he had three jobs. Now he's told him, leave those jobs, just work for me full time now. Now he's working as a military leader for King Saul. And the Bible said that David behaved himself wisely. David behaved himself wisely. That means he used wisdom and it also means that he prospered. Everything that he set his hand to do, he did it diligently. He did it with honor. He did it with integrity and he prospered. And it was all good. It was all good. Everything was good. Everything was hunky-dory. The king had took him off his job. He was prevailing. He, he managed himself well. He managed his emotions and everything was copacetic until the women from all of the different cities in Israel came with tambourines and dancing and singing songs. And they began to sing that Saul slew a thousand. David slew 10,000. Ooh, can you imagine? Can you imagine the rage that Saul felt? Saul slew a thousand. That's good. But they say, oh, but David, David slew 10,000. 
thousand. Are you listening to me? You gotta understand, David was a hero. He was handsome. He was tall because the Bible never said that Saul's armor was too big. It said he just wasn't used to it. He was tall, dark, handsome, good looking, and anointed, and getting ready to be the king. You better know they were dancing hard and singing hard. Saul slew a thousand, but David, David slew ten thousand. You know, they were singing hard. They were getting it. They were trying to get the kings attention are you listening to me so we know that Saul stepped into in fear reority he stepped into in fear reority so as David kept serving the king because remember he was having high highs and low lows he was so infuriated that David was anointed and he knew that the spirit of the Lord had left him and it was heavy on to David. So when David went to play music for Saul, which was part of his job description, the Bible says that two or three times the king threw a javelin at him. But David was elusive. He knew how to joke and get away from it. So David got from around the javelin. How fast do you have to go to be able to move and to duck and to dodge from a javelin? And this man has done this three times? What kind of character do you have, David? You're just loyal to a fault. The very first time he looked like he was getting ready to throw a javelin at me, I would have been like, I ain't even putting in a two-week notice. I quit today. Come on. But David, he was just loyal. He was diligent. He was faithful. So Saul was so irritated, he couldn't kill him with the javelin, so he sent him on the front line. He said, bring me back a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. So remember, David was diligent. He did everything well. He operated wisely. He did over and above. So not only did he bring a hundred, he brought back two hundred. So that didn't work. The king thought he would get killed in the line of duty. Then after that didn't work, Saul sent hitmen to David and Michal's house to execute him while he is in the bed. Yet David escaped again. So in 1 Samuel chapters 18 through 21st, we see that David had to run for his life. You got somebody that's after you and you know jealousy is cruel to the grave. He was jealous. He was envious. He was mad because David was anointed and David had stolen his thunder. So the king, he sent him and his men. He went after David. Even though, listen to me, David did nothing wrong. He only excelled and did everything well, are you listening to me? You got to get a revelation that when the enemy launches a, an attack on you, it's not necessarily because you did wrong. The enemy will launch an attack on you because you're probably doing right. Are you listening to me? So after a while, all of this running from the, from Saul and from the, the men, the king's men, it began to weigh heavy on David. So now here we are in 1 Samuel chapter 22. I'm just giving a real quick overview, and I hope you're a student of the word, and you go back and you read it for yourself. Over in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22, now David is getting tired. God gave him a promise. He anointed him. He, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then it just seems like he was getting attacked from every hand inside. He began to get weary. I told you, don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, you will. Yes, you will. Oh, yes, you will. You'll reap if you faint not. Listen to me. I got to go to my old zip code. You better not quit. 
you better not quit. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care what you see with your natural eyes. You bet not quit. We saw in Psalm number 62 that David had been strong in praise and worship and prophesying. It was recorded in Psalm number 62 that he was in the, in the wilderness or the desert of Judah. So he was praising and he was prophesying in that season. But now... Chapter 22, 1 Samuel chapter 22, round verse 5. Now he was hiding in a cave, in the cave of Adullam. Adullam means a hiding place. It means a place of retreat. Child of God, I'm here to tell you, you better not retreat. You only advance. We don't go back. We only go forward. So David was a lot going on. His, he was mentally drained and exhausted. He was running for his life. He had been where there was no food, no water. He had to watch his foot. He had to watch his back. There was, it was a lot going on and he kept his praise on point. Child of God, in the middle of everything that's going on, I want to remind you to keep your praise on point. So God wanted to encourage David and God sent the prophet Gad, sent the prophet Gad to remind David, to remind David. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself, but oftentimes God sent somebody to encourage you. He sent the prophet Gad and Gad had to remind David, you got a promise. David, don't you remember? You got a promise. You got a word. You got a reason. You got a God. Are you listening to me? In verse this is so awesome what Gad said to David in a difficult season, in a season of being tired, in a season of being tested and tried, not because he did anything wrong, but because he did everything right. Gad told David, he said, leave the stronghold and go to Judah. The stronghold is anything that has a stronghold on you. It's a cave. It's, it's really like a coffin. Leave this coffin. Leave this place of death. Leave this place of solitude and seclusion where you can't even praise the way that you used to. He said, leave the stronghold and go to Judah. You go to Judah. Judah represents praise. Stop retreating. Stop hiding and start praising. I need to take a station break right here and encourage somebody. Start getting dressed. Start combing your hair. Unwrap your hair. Uh, put some clothes on. Go walk down to the block. St stand outside on your patio. Get some vitamin D from the sun. Come on. Don't you get closed up in the house just eating ding-dongs and watching movies. Come on. Get yourself together and get your praise back going. Get your praise back going. Begin to praise the Lord. Turn the TV off and have a praise fest. Just begin. Start with the letter A and go all the way to Z and just tell him how amazing, how beautiful, how comforting, how delightful, how excellent, how faithful. You go all the way down from A to Z. Cut loose with the unrestrained praise, with the ferocious roar of praise. Are you listening to me? Gad had to remind David who was in a cave hiding. This is a worshiper. You're anointed as king. Now you're so tired of fighting that you're in a cave hiding. He told David, and I'm paraphrasing right here, you're not a caveman. You are not a caveman. You're God's man. So begin to praise the Lord. Come on, everybody, and praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 in the Living Bible says, and so we should not, we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves. 
but we should behave like God's very own children, calling to him, Father, Father. Jeremiah said it this way, call, God is saying, call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest. Now you call him, listen, here's a revelation. It is literally impossible, 100% impossible for you to call the name Jesus and he not show up on the scene to come see about you. I'll say it again because somebody needs to hear it. It is impossible for you to call the name Jesus and Jesus don't show up to come see about you. Come on. Come on. That's a revelation right there. Call him. Call unto Jesus. Call onto your help. Now, see, here's the problem. Many parents, you let the kids be keep calling your mama, 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 daddy, 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 and you just be... Like you don't hear him. So you think that's how God is, is doing with you. But God, listen, his ways are as far from ours as the east is from the west. It is impossible for you to call. Oh, hallelujah. It's impossible for you to call the name Jesus. That's why you can't play with it. When you play and you use the name of the Lord in vain, it confuses your spirit, man. It confuses your spirit, man. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Don't you dare do it. Come on, whenever you call Jesus, he shows up on the scene immediately to come see about you. I remember years, years ago, my children were smaller, much smaller when they were small children. Maybe they would go around their friends or they would be around the kids in the neighborhood. And you know, when kids start hanging around other kids, they pick up little little stuff. Little They try to mutate into their personality. And I used to tell them, I don't know where you brought that, got that from, but you better take it back because we're not having that here. Are you listening to me? We've got to train them up in the way that they're supposed to go. So I remember every now and again, in their early childhood, just picking it up from other people. Maybe it was something that they wanted to, something that they wanted, or maybe somewhere they wanted to go. And they would get into this thing. Oh, mama, please, please, mama, please. Oh, please. And I, st I used to, we stopped them. You don't beg me for nothing. Listen to me. My children don't have to beg me for anything. They never have and they never will. I, it irritated me and it annoyed me when they, oh, please, please be, oh, just tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. And I'm here to meet your need and an abundance beside. Come on. Don't stop acting like slaves. Stop acting like you don't know who you are. Stop acting like a savage, act, act like a hostage. Come on. Don't act like a captive. Don't act like a prisoner or beg and beg. please massa massa please mercy ma you, what wherever y'all got that from take it back you are not a slave you are a son when they would do that i i didn't say it then because i didn't know how to say it but i'm saying it to you now root yourself in this present moment come on you gotta root yourself a slave just because you're desperate be desperate and still be in faith don't switch from being a son to being a slave. Don't hide like a caveman when you're God's man. Are you listening to me? Get a revelation that there's absolutely nothing to couldn't look couldn't sit on we didn't have anything of course we taught them and we had to teach them how to handle stuff how to honor stuff and how to take care of things like that but we had nothing that was too good for our children and there's nothing too good for my children to this day if I have it and they need it I'll give it to them come on just because maybe I had to work six months to get a bike I don't have to make them do that they should pick up where I left off 
They should have a springboard to the next level. I don't have to make them start where I started at. They should springboard. They should start right here and go to the next level. Are you listening to me? You got to get a revelation that when we begin to beg and plead, we're acting like slaves and not sons. Psalm number 84 stanza 11 says, For the Lord God is a son, S-U-N, and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withheld, withhold from them that walk uprightly. God will not withhold any good thing from you. Get a revelation. You're a son, not a slave. You're not a caveman. You're God's man. This brings me to my sermon title for today. My sermon title for today is Victory at the Speed of Thought. Victory at the Speed of Thought. My main thrust for today is Attack Back. Don't let that devil just attack you, attack you, attack you. Attack back. According to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given you inferior thought patterns and incorrect thinking. God didn't give you that. Where do you think it came from? Inferior thought patterns and incorrect Thinking. Are you listening to me? The devil is a liar. He promotes lies, deceptions, and demonic suggestions. So you have to guard your mind. Or I like to say it this way, you've got to guard your garden. I'm only going to go to Genesis Chapter 1, verse 26, when the man was created, 26 or 28, when God was created, the man in his own image and his likeness. Remember, we were created in God's image and in God's likeness. Now let's jump over to chapter 3. The Bible says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Where did Adam and Eve live? They lived in the garden. So there was a garden and there was a field. So we saw where the enemy came in and he began to address Eve. And he said, did God really say that you should not eat? Did God really say that you shouldn't eat of this forbidden fruit? Did God really say? Now, who just starts a conversation? If this is your first time ever meeting them and your first time ever talking to them, who says, does God really say? It leads me to believe that they had had some conversations before. It leads me to believe that there was a beast of the field that was coming in and out, in and out of the garden. He had made himself to be a frenemy. He was an enemy, but perpetrating as a friend, trying to gain Eve's confidence. So now he began to talk to Eve, and I believe that he kept on luring her into this conversation. Did God, did God really say that you shouldn't? Then he went on, he said, girl, you're not going to die. God just knows that if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. Hold up. God made Adam the CEO of the garden. He got to marry the boss's daughter. He was told to tend and to keep 
right? He was to keep, to keep the garden, to protect the garden. You didn't even have no business in here. You belong in the field. You don't even belong in the garden. You don't come in here talking about my father. You're coming in here introducing doubt about my father. Come on. Anytime things are delayed, the enemy of doubt begins. It's a thief. The, the thief is called doubt. There's a thief called doubt that will try to come in and infiltrate your thought processes, making you think that God is holding something back. When the enemy told the girl, he said, girl, you ain't going to die. God just knows that if you eat this tree, you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. So he began to think about it. Like, yeah, God really trying to hold something back from me. That was erroneous thinking. That was inferior thinking. She began to get inferior, inferior that God was holding something back from her. She began to have incorrect thinking. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you how the enemy, this is the, it's the same thing that he does over and over and over. The devil is not smart. He's just old. He just does the same old stuff over and over and over. The same trick that he used. It. Why are he going to switch up if he keep working? He wants to introduce doubt to tell you that we're not going to make it out and things will never be the same and things are always going to be this and then this is our new norm. And he's trying to introduce doubt are you listening to me but this is what this is how you fight thoughts remember i told you you don't interrupt thoughts with another thought you interrupt thoughts with the words that come out of your mouth she should have said immediately i'm already in his image i'm already in his likeness i already have authority i already have dominion over creeps so creep right on back out to the field are you listening to me? The enemy tries to come in and sabotage us with lies and deceptions, introducing doubt. Listen to me. It's easier to keep the enemy out than it is to put him out once you invite him in. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that God didn't give you fear. He didn't give you intimidation and cowardice. He didn't, he didn't give you that. But he did give you power, love, and a sound mind, sound, saying, self-controlled, self-disciplined, sober, restrained, able to reason. That's the kind of God that he mind that he gave you. Are you listening to me? If you're not careful, you'll fall into inferior thinking. I don't really have time to go there, but mark, mark it down in, in Numbers chapter 13. Verses 20, we'll read the whole chapter, but in particular, verses 27 to 33, we'll see where Moses has sent the spies out to spy the land that the Bible says the land that God was giving them. God was already giving it. It was already theirs because God is, does not dangle carrots. Say he going to do it and pull it back. Say he going to do it and pull it back. We play games like that. God never plays games like that, child of God. Please get a revelation. So if God was giving them their land, it, the, the, he already hit the deed. Their name was already on it. All they needed to do was sign on the dotted line. So Moses sent the spies out to check the land out. to see. God says it's flowing with milk, uh, milk and honey. It's a prosperous land. So when they went, they found big old grapes. The grapes were so big that one cluster of grapes they had to put it on a pole and carry it between two men now you know them some big old grapes so two people got to carry a cluster of grapes are you listening to me they were pomegranates and there were so many things so when they brought the report back they were like yes and amen they were here for 40 days don't forget we learned last week that 40 days signifies the time of testing a probationary period being tried and it usually ends in victory or blessing come on victory at the speed of thought 
So however long it takes your thoughts to line up, that's how long it's going to take your victory to line up. Are you listening to me? They came back. They said, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Look at these big old grapes. These big old grapes looking like big old watermelons. Look, the, he said, all of this, everything that you said is, is true. But there are giants in the land, and we look like grasshoppers to ourselves and to them. Who said you look like grasshoppers to them? Did you ask them? No, they had inferior thinking. All of this is true. Oh, everything the guy said is true. But, child of God, I need to encourage you that when you're in a faith fight, keep your butt out of it. Fear invades and attacks the mind. Fear declares war on your mind and your thoughts. Fear wants to chisel, chisel its way by repeatedly attacking your mind, chisel its way into your mind. But you have to have a revelation to combat fear. Fear is not your portion. We're beheading fear and we're taking the head off of the spirit of infirmity as well. Come on, we can't do like David did. He got he got the pressure. The pressure got to him and he began to succumb to taking the path of least resistance. Don't you understand the path of least resistance is actually the path of least results. Come on, you can't become discouraged. When, or discouraged with other people when they start walking by faith and not by sight. So have you ever seen people, you're speaking faith and they get irritated with you for speaking faith. This is really what I believe. Just because you're not going to exercise your faith, you're not going to intimidate me about exercising mine. I will walk by faith and not by sight. Victory at the speed of thought. You've got to attack back. Would you say it? Say attack back. I got to slow down. I got to calm down because I get so excited. So last week I was so excited. I was getting louder, louder, and louder. And my daughter says that my grandson, um, Vance Jr., I was getting loud and he was looking at it on the big screen. As I was getting loud, he was saying, shh, shh. So let me be quiet because I was getting way too loud. If the, if the baby got to tell you, shh, I was getting way too loud. Come on. Victory at the speed of thought. Attack back. We must refuse, reject, renounce, and repudiate fear. We learned this. Rebuke means to strongly oppose and sternly disapprove. Refuse means to decline and deny it. Reject means to disallow and despise it. Renounce means to disclaim and disown it. Repudiate means to reject it because fear has no authority and fear has no binding force. Remember, fear invades and attacks the mind. Fear declares war on the mind and on your thoughts, but we have victory at the speed of thought. We've got to attack back. When manifest manifestation is delayed and the enemy comes to talk to your logic and convince you that it won't come, Come on, you can't even uh, ascertain the things of God with your natural reasoning because your brain is not born again. You're a tripartite being, spirit who lives inside a body who possesses, owns and controls a mind. Your mind is not born again. The only part of your three-part nature that's born again is your spirit, man. So how can you understand and, uh, and use logic with the things of God? Come on, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith does not require any sense realm evidence 
at all. It doesn't even make sense for it to give 10% and then God will bless 90%. And your brain logic says a whole 100% of your uh, income would be better than 90%, but that's a lie because 90% that's blessed is better than 100% that's cursed. Are you listening to me? Come on, don't make me preach because my grandson going to be talking about shh. Come on, we've got to align our head and our heart together. Our head, our heart together, and then align our mouth as well. So let's align our heads, our hearts, and our mouth. Fear tries to convince you to slip back into our own mindset, but we already learned that you can't put new wine in an old wine skin. If you do, it busts the whole wine skin open. Now the wine skin is no more good, and you spilled out all of that good wine, and wine has reference to the anointing. Are you listening to me? According to Luke chapter 21, verse 19, it says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. You got to do it. You've got to take control of your mind, will, emotion, your imagination and intellect. If you don't do it, it won't be done. If you don't control your thoughts, your thoughts will not be controlled. Even when things seem like they're out of control, you can still control yourself. You can still control your mind. Come on, you control, you take control of your mind. Don't allow your mind to control you attack back when you're under mental harassment attack back how do you attack back you put the word of faith in your mouth you begin to re, uh, rehearse the scriptures you begin to rehearse the stories you begin to rehearse your prayer and your praise and your worship and we talked about after after earth the movie the other week and when Jaden started getting out of control he was told by the father take a knee come on take a knee slow your roll slow down for a few minutes stop gather yourself together and tell yourself this too shall pass weeping man do for a night but joy comes in the morning come on you gotta talk sometimes you gotta go old school with yourself tell yourself while I'm trying to figure it out God already worked it out come on you gotta tell yourself just another day that the Lord has kept me come on you gotta plead the blood of Jesus Jesus. We've got to remember everything. What is the purpose of learning all of this if we don't use it in crunch time? We need to use it in crunch time. So take a knee and root yourself in this present moment. We remember Will said fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not at present or may never exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is real. We know the difference between danger. Danger is real, but fear is a choice. Come on, according to 2 Corinthians, one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I never knew it was in the Bible. I stumbled up on it and read it, and it changed my real life. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Images in your in your mind, images in your head can either advance you or they can bind you. Have you a caveman in a cave in fear, cringing like a coward? Come on, your thoughts can either take you forward or they can hold you captive. You have to cast down back and forth reasoning and back and forth deliberating, hesitating and doubting and disputing. In your own mind, you got to settle it once and for all with the word of God. Come on. You've got to interrupt thoughts with the words. You don't interrupt thoughts with another thought. You interrupt thoughts with the word. Remember we talked about count money, 10, 20, 30, 40. And then you have to tell somebody what your name is. You got to pick that whole stack of money up and start counting all over again because your words will interrupt a thought. 
up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses, verse 16, the B portion says, we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And you tell yourself, you look in the mirror every day when you stand in the mirror. You might even have tears streaming down your face. You tell yourself, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I will not relent. I will go forward. I will not retreat. I will only advance. I have the mind of Christ. Don't forget Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, one of my other favorite scriptures. Whatsoever things are lovely, true, just, and of a good report, think on these things that leads me to believe i have a whole bunch of other things i can think about but i make a decision to control them control my own mind and think on these things the things that are lovely pure just and true things of a, of a good report things that are praiseworthy i think on these things i don't meditate on these things come on you've got attack back because victory comes at the speed of thought you're engineered to produce what you think where am i at with my time i got a little bit of time so i'm talking fast man i hope i get to finish this you're engineered to produce what you think as a man thinketh in his heart so is he that's who you are. Whatever you think in your heart, that's who you are. That's Proverbs chapter 23, verse 11. Thoughts are actions in rehearsal. So nobody just wakes up in the morning and then go do something stupid. They've been thinking about that, meditating on that thing for a while. Come on. Your thoughts are just a practice, just a dress rehearsal for what your behavior will actually do. Paul himself, after wrongfully being in prison for two years, said he thinks himself happy. He thinks himself happy because you control your mind. Your mind does not control you. You don't have to think of any thought that comes to your mind because I've already told you there's no thought too nasty, dirty, vile, foolish, or ridiculous for the devil to bring through to your mind. He never weighs in and says, ooh, that's just too nasty. No, that's the very thought that he's going to bring. So you control your mind. You take control over your thought process. You take control over inferior thinking and incorrect thinking. Are you listening to me? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own thoughts what do you think understanding is lean not to your own understanding we can't just say scriptures just sound religious we got to understand what it means trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding lean not don't you lean to your own thoughts because your thoughts can go up to then down tomorrow i told you i gave my testimony i got upset with my kids i had inferior thoughts i was so upset i was so hurt i thought that nobody loved me and i really and i was just texting them and they were calling 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 i was declined 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 i wouldn't even take their call why i was in an inferior thought process i didn't take control over my mind my mind had begun to control me are you listening to me so i'm telling you by testimony we've got to trust in the lord with all our hearts we got to trust god and not lean to our inferior thought processes come on from early on from really early the enemy begins to make you think that whatever comes to your mind that's your thought that's not your thought he's backing his mac truck up to your brain to see if you will sign for the package reject it we repudiate it he don't have no authority we're not falling for the tricks of the enemy we're not allowing him to come in and out and in and out of the garden of our mind we're putting him out we're casting him out and we're casting him down in the name of jesus the enemy tried has tried to poison you with the venom of fear, with the venom of fear. But here's the antidote or the uh, anti-venom or the anti-serum. We got to attack back. Would you shout out attack back? 
Come on, shout it out. Attack back. We got to attack back with prayer, praise, worship, and God's holy word. We interrupt thoughts and feelings of fear with the word of God. Just begin to say, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Begin to say it over and over again. I have a sound mind. Your victory will come at the speed of thought. How soon can you get your thoughts together? How soon can you align your thoughts with the word of God? You've got to do that through discipline, through prayer, through praise and worship. And that's how you really can, listen to me, you really can take authority over intrusive thoughts, unwanted thoughts, stuck thoughts, and repetitive thoughts or obsessions. Again, Romans 8 and 15, we're not to be like cringing, fearful slaves, but we're supposed to behave like God's very own children. When you see yourself begging and you see yourself doing, you better take that back where you got it from. God ain't having that. We don't have to beg our father for anything. May I remind you that you're impervious? May I remind you that? I've told you over and over again. Did you forget? You are impervious, unable to be affected by, untouchable, impenetrable, incapable of being injured or impaired, incapable of being influenced, persuaded, or affected by the spirit of fear. We've got a promise. We've got a word. We've got a reason. We've got a God. Your victory comes at the speed of thought. Come on. I got to drop down to the end because there are certain things that I need to let you know. And then I'm just, I might borrow two. I've still got a couple of minutes. Let me, let me try to get as much of it out as I can. Don't let false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym for fear. Don't let false evidence appearing will cause you to take the path of least resistance, which in actuality is the path of least results. Then you become discouraged with other people when you see them walking by faith and not by sight. Fear invades and attacks the mind. Fear declares war on your mind and on your thoughts, but we have victory at the speed of thought. Don't you understand? You are more than a conqueror. It's time for you to attack back. Here are seven things. I'm closing right here. Seven things. Seven is the number of completion. Seven things to do to attack back. Let's attack back. Come on. Holler out. Let's attack back. We've got to remind, recall, recollect, renew, reset, redo, and then repeat. You've got to remind, recall, recollect, renew, reset, redo, and then repeat. This is how we attack back. The prefix re or re means again. So when you re do something, re again, and that also has reference to again and again, or again and again and again. So you've got to remind, you've got to remind, again, mind, remind, put back in your mind. It was there before, put it back in. It was there before, put it back in. Those things that God told you, the promises that God has given you, they were already in your mind. Come on. They were in your mind. We bring thoughts captive. We've got to re again, mind, remind. Don't let Fear, take the word of faith from your mind, put it back. The communion scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, Jesus tells them as often as you do it, remember as often as you do this, put it back in your mind. Every time you do these things, every time you take 
communion, put it back in your mind. Remind yourself of the benefit package that I have given you. I've given you salvation, deliverance, assurance, health, healing, wholeness, love, joy, peace, and soundness of mind. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Remind, put it back in your mind that the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. Number two, recall, recall, call again, again call, call it back. You've got to call back your peace, call back your family, call back your finances, call back your way with children call it back Romans chapter 4 verse 17 the B portion says that we're to call those things that are not as though they were well how long do we do that until they become so call back recall recollect recollect or recollect 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 collect your thoughts collect good thoughts to meditate on don't take all of them old thoughts whether well, they did this to me that to collect all of the good thoughts collect all of those good things that people have said all of those prophetic words that have been spoken of you collect those things assemble them together gather them and assemble right things to think on the word of god says meditate on the word day and night night and day that psalm number one stanza two in joshua chapter one verse nine then renew re again new make it new again your mind needs to be new again. You need re renovation and you need transformation to your mind. It's required. You renovate those ways that are in you that are stealing from you. You renovate them. There are ways that are in you. There are ways that are in you that need to come out of you. So you renovate your, you, you renew your mind and keep these things that are inside of you from stealing from you. You want God's best. You want love. You want this. You want that. But you keep doing the wrong stuff because it's in you. So you need to renovate or renew, make it new again. Your mind is, when your mind is renewed, it triggers motivation. It triggers motivation and action. When you don't feel no motivation to do anything, you just feel lethargic and you just feel like a cringing coward, it's time for you to renew your mind. Then you have to, once you renew your mind, then you have to develop skills so that you could be consistent, so that you won't be up today and down tomorrow, up today and down tomorrow. It's not a one-time only fix. It's not a one-time only fix. It's not a one-time only fix. You got to stick with it and develop consistency and a righteous resolve. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. That means transform your whole mind. You've got to make it new all over again. The caterpillar and the butterfly are the self-same insect it is the exact same insect just in a new form so transform your mind you can't stay at ugly belly crawler forever you're supposed to be a beautiful butterfly borrow me two or three minutes i'm almost finished then you've got to reset set again or again set anybody ever broken a bone or an appendage i remember when my youngest son gabe playing football with the big boys he had broken his finger and his finger was stuck out like this and you know your fingers are like this and his whole finger was laid out to the side like that and i remember the doctor did not amputate his finger there was still value to his finger. So he simply reset his bones. I'm here to tell you, you need to reset. You need to reset some places in your life. Reset. Reset has reference to reposition, readjust, reposture. Get a revelation that your posture fosters emotions. Did you do your homework last week? Did you smile all week long? Did you show all of your teeth? I was smiling all week long with a big old mask on my face. Nobody can even see me smiling under the mask. I'm smiling because I made a commitment to smile all week long. 
if you didn't do it, then I'm challenging you to do it again. Come on. As a matter of fact, everybody do it again. All this week, just smile. Show your teeth. Even if it's under the mask and nobody sees it, it fosters your it fosters your behavior. It fosters how you operate. It fosters how you think. Are you listening to me? Now, if you mean, then you need to do it for 14 days. Seven ain't going to do enough. You might even need to do it for 21 days in the name of Jesus. Come on. Because your disposition changes how you feel. You ever see somebody like this? That means they're closed. Unfold your arms. Open up so that you can receive. Ever seen somebody head hung down? Lift up your head, oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty. And come on, lift up your head. Don't you dare have your head hung down. I remember I was ministering to one of my spiritual sons, and he was so broken, he kept holding his head down. I said, if you put your head down one more time, I'm going to bust your chest wide open. You better hold your head up. Once you've repented from waywardness and bad, bad mistakes and behaviors, you have a right to lift your head up. Now you're back in right standing. Your situation doesn't change God. Your situation doesn't change who God is. But God will change your situation. I only got two more and then I'm finished for today and I'll pick up on Thursday. Then you've got to redo redo or again do or do again and when you do again you got to revise as if necessary if it's necessary revise when you do it over revise when you do it over revise you ever wrote a paper and you keep revising you keep doing it over and over and over you got to keep revising until you get the desired results my deceased husband used to like scratch cornbread and I would ask my mom and my grandma how to make the scratch cornbread. And they'd talk about, put a pinch here and put a little of it. Give me some measurements. But they were just cooks and they just knew how to a pinch here and a pinch there. I didn't know. Is it a cup, a half a cup, a teaspoon? What is it? Give me some measurements. that I. So I can't even tell you how many pans of cornbread I had to throw away. And then I would revise it and throw away. And then I would revise it. Pretty soon I mastered that bad boy. And Pastor Tim would eat almost a whole pan of cornbread all by himself. According to to Genesis chapter 1 verse um, 28 the Lord told us to replenish the earth or redo it now it's time to redo revise it and redo it revise it and keep revising until we master it until we get the desired results and then finally repeat you've got to repeat after you've done all of those things repeat come on repeat Come on, repeat, P and repeat, repeat. According to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 13, the A portion says, and again, and again, I will put my trust in God. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Keep going through the faith steps. Go through them until it's second nature. Ask, believe, confess, demonstrate, expect, forgive, give, prayer, praise, uh, prophesy, speak to your future. Come on, do all of those things. Take authority over your mind. Interrupt thoughts with the words that come out of your mouth. We've got to keep doing, repeat. Do all of these steps and then repeat it again. Do all of these because repetition is good for learning. That's how we learned our ABCs, didn't we? A, B, C. We sang the song over and over and over and still to this day, we didn't understand when we were singing the songs what even what it meant. But then we begin to put sounds to the letters and then we put letters together and we formulate words. Remember when you we said C spot run. Oh my God, we thought we were it. C spot run. We can read because now these these letters put together and make sentences and sentences make paragraphs and now you read stuff that you don't even want to read. Once your eye hit it, you you can read it. We didn't understand that A made a sound and B made a sound. My little grandson the other day was making all of the the sounds. He's nothing but about fifteen months old making all the 
sounds to the letter. You got to put it on repeat so often until you regurgitate it, until it oozes out. You got to say it over and over and over until it changes your mind, until it gets locked into your mind because your victory comes at the speed of thought. So attack back. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Oh, I had one more scripture I wanted to take you to, but I'd have to talk about that on Thursday. Did you get anything out of the word? I hope you did. I tried not to get loud today because my little grandson told me last week, he, Shh, I got way too loud. So I try to slow down. I just need you to know the giants do fall. So you can attack back. I hope you got something. Else. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church, we're a family.